This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you so much for sending over your Twitter questions. Double mailbag day for our Thursday podcast. We're going to start with a friend of the show, Carl. He says, what's the name of your podcast? <laughs> I had to reply, but I didn't think about taking that on, the, on air. I was like, I don't think you're going to hear any questions answered, Carl. It's always game day in Cincinnati, as, as <laughs> we state. Favorite. I mean, it keeps it keeps everybody humble. I really like that, knowing that all of our listeners are out there in the Twitter world. Some of them that's don't. Why, even that's listen. why we need you, loyal listeners, to rate and review the podcast, yep. so that yep. way Carl can see it on his feed quicker. Yep. Carl, I hope you're listening to this. We did get to your Twitter question. We'll go next to Sydney Price. Who do you think will be our ninth or maybe tenth lineman? How about the wideouts behind Chase Boyd, Higgins, and Jones? Okay, ninth or tenth lineman? Do you think they do you think they have ten linemen on the active roster? If everybody's healthy, I would say this is Joe Burrow's best offensive line. Yeah. So you put together the, the starting five. You're right. And then we'll put Collins in there too. So and then let's add Carmen because he could even win that right tackle job. So what we're at seven. Yep. Um you got your interior. Is it sharpening? Sharpening the interior back up. Eight. So, I think that's a battle for nine with Ford, Adenogy, uh Ben Brown, Trey Hill. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. I mean, they didn't add a crazy amount of guys, especially when you're thinking of the depth. It's a lot of the similar depth. It's just you know you add Orlando Brown, and now you have a competition at right tackle, and maybe. Jonah Williams is your six or Jackson Carmen's your six or Law Collins is your six. I, I don't know. But yeah, I guess when you're thinking of the ninth lineman on the team, that's probably going to make the team. Um, and that is probably, I think it's going to be a backup center. So it still could be, I guess if you're going to do 10, then you could still have Ford slash identity and Law Collins and Jackson Carmen and Jonah Williams all on the roster uh, active roster because we're assuming Collins probably starts pup and that's why you'll probably see at least these 10 and maybe you get to an 11th but yeah probably what Ben Brown or Trey Hill you need a backup center that's what I keep thinking of is just you need a guy that can snap the ball if they if something goes wrong you need a guy that can come in and snap the ball and from experience it's pretty important to be comfortable shotgun snapping because I think you could quickly pick up the under center thing, but shotgun don't want to be skipping that ball back there or sending it over somebody's head because that was something I never really got very good at. Uh, but I tried, <laughs> I could do the under center stuff easy, but the shotgun, man, there was like a 10% chance I was going to launch it over somebody's head and we were all running backwards for it. I was getting nervous during the divisional game versus the Buffalo Bills that Ted Karras mm-hmm. was going to go down, and I thought, no way. No, this can't Trey happen. Trey Hill would be coming in. 
I mean, in those conditions, I, I just thought, you know what, need you, Ted, need you for a couple more weeks, just get through it. And he was able to power through. I don't even know, you know, what he was dealing with, but uh, that made me nervous. And that still makes me nervous when it comes to the center backup position. Big day. This was actually a question I was thinking as you were talking, and it's a really good point. What is wrong with Dalton Risner from a performance POV that we, along with the rest of the NFL, why haven't they signed him? I think he wants to be a starter. And I don't know if other teams see that. I see it. Still, I would sign him as a starter. Uh, I haven't grinded the let's ride Broncos tape to see if he's still playing at that level. But in my mind, when I've watched him, I watched him definitely in 2020. I think also in 2021, just haven't seen 2022, at least a little bit in 2021, because I wanted to watch Quinn Miners and uh, he, you know, on the same team. <laughs> uh, so I. I've always thought he's a, at least a starting level talent. I think if you brought him in, he would compete with Volson for that starting left guard job. The thing is, does he does he just want to be named the starter? Mm-hmm. Because he has enough starts, uh, this enough of a career to probably think that he should have that. And in my mind, there's probably a job for him somewhere out there, at least in a vacuum. But that's my guess. If it's not that, then there's there has to be something medical or otherwise, because he's not bad enough to not get a job. It's not a performance thing, I don't think. Um, but like I said, I haven't grinded the Let's Ride Broncos. Maybe he fell off a cliff, and I don't know that. But from I, I haven't seen anybody say that. So I follow plenty of offensive line guys, and they haven't said that. Um, I am more interested, and I'll bring it up again. I brought it up a few times. It's Chase Rulier, just because I'm not sure Dalton Risner has played much center, and that's more what I'm worried about is getting a backup center, somebody who could snap the ball from that. And I think they have been similar level players for their career. So, um, yeah, it looks to me like Dalton Risner has just played left guard. Wanted to look that up real quick. Well, uh, to be determined on where he goes, but that could be a possibility because you can look around the league and everybody needs an offensive line piece. And for him to be available still, it's kind of questionable. But yeah, you're looking for that starting role and, and starter money. Vienna Jeff says, if the commanders cut Chase Young post June 1, would the Bengals have interest? I'm sure everybody would. <laughs> I, I am a little less bullish on Chase Young than I think a lot of people are. I don't think he's there yet as a pass rusher, but he's a really good run defender. And there's a lot of potential as a pass rusher. There's no reason that any team wouldn't be in on that. I think it's more likely that they'd probably make a trade because they draft that guy second overall. I don't think they're going to cut him. Um, Trade? Possibly. Are the Bengals interested enough to trade for him? Probably not. I I think they drafted Murphy, all that other stuff. They probably feel good about their edge room. If he was just a free agent and he went, I loved Ohio, I want to come back. Yeah, sure. They're interested enough. Uh, but um, trading and trying to make a more realistic move like that, I don't I don't see it. I'd welcome it. I think he would be an awesome addition. I just I, he's probably not going to play for the Bengals this year. That would be a wild story. Uh, if Chase Young was playing on Joe Burrow's squad. I mean, I just I, I don't think that lasted as long as the soul in the Jamar Chase, but there are probably just like a sprinkled few people who thought Chase Young should be in Cincinnati, which is very that was That's insanity, though. I mean, it right? is, absolutely. You somehow get the first overall pick and you want to skip that for a defensive. I, I wasn't on Twitter for this. This is how recent I have been Good. on Bengals Twitter. 
uh, right after Joe Burrow got drafted, basically. But I didn't know that was a thing until people talked about it. And I was like, how? Like, what the argument was, let's skip quarterback? Um, I mean, I guess the argument is you don't want to bring a quarterback into a bad situation. But news, this is news for everybody. You're going to be in a bad situation if you're getting drafted in the top five, top ten. It doesn't matter if they had Chase Young or not. They're probably picking in that spot the next year, just like they did. And they got you would miss some Jamar Chase to try to draft one of those quarterbacks. And I mean, if you don't get Trevor Lawrence at one, who? Trey Lance, Justin Fields, maybe? Yeah. No, this all sounds like a nightmare story. Yeah. Um, right. But but here's so you I don't mean, skip a quarterback where you pick a number one overall. That would be insane. Here's the scenario. I I think you're if you're the commanders, you're upset that you didn't draft Justin Herbert mm-hmm. at, at number two versus Chase Young, to be completely honest with you. In a quarterback league, that's very questionable. I know the hype was there for Chase Young. I totally get it. Uh, but man, you you look at how the court even the Dolphins could have they said might, yeah, like, they might have had they might have had two ahead. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. what Tua went ahead of Herbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's hard thinking back that far. Yeah. Uh, Tua went ahead of Herbert. I think a lot of people thought Tua was going to be the number one pick until Burrow had that insane season. So maybe they draft Tua instead. And I find that to be an interesting discussion with how Tua played last year. Tua versus Chase Young. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. What a good decision. That I don't know if that would have been a good decision. And that's I don't not, know either. I don't know. I don't know. But but overall, I think there was communication. So here's the scenario. And look, I was a day one draft Joe Burrow. I remember I was talking to Austin over at PFF. He had told me it was the tank for Tua in August. That was kind of yeah. the scenario for a lot of teams. But after Joe Burrow's Texas game, he says, no, it's Burrow. Burrow is the number one quarterback in college football right now. And then he goes one. on. You think week one? Was it? I can't remember when the Texas game was. I thought it was the in The Texas September. game was, I think, opening. I think that was oh, the opening game. For week them. one. The, the decision of, hey, Joe Burrow is number one. But obviously, Joe had an insane 2019. It was a very easy decision for the Cincinnati Bengals. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I was watching the college football playoff thinking, just get out. Just get out of the game. Just win the game. Get out because you're coming to Cincinnati and you're going to be good to go. And I, that, that was kind of fun to watch as knowing pretty much Joe Burrow was coming to Cincinnati during the end of the college football season. But I think the overall thing when it comes to I, I hate even making this a topic because it's absolutely silly. I'm so glad the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow. Mike Brown, uh, the Miami, I don't, I think it was Miami Dolphins called Mike Brown and said, Hey, we're going to give you just tons of first round picks. It was, it was more than two. And Mike Brown just pretty much said, you, we will not trade our number one pick. You could offer anything you want. We are going to draft Joe Burrow. And I don't know if other front office would have thought of that. And even if they would have been like they were picking in the top five, they were picking in the top six and getting another quarterback in that 2020 class. I'm just so glad they stuck with their guns and said, first round pick, Joe Burrow. They stayed there. They didn't get Chase Strong. No offense to Chase Strong, but I just do not see that happening. And I agree with you. I think that the commanders are going to trade him. He'll go to another team. Well, we have- I think the most likely thing is he just stays. Really? Yeah. Is it that fractured? I feel like I'd be hearing more. He's not there right now, but it's not mandatory. He hasn't demanded a trade yet, right? No, but they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. I know that doesn't mean I know that part. That's that's injury-related, and I think that they, like me, and maybe this is confirmation bias, maybe don't see him as an elite player just yet. They think he's good. So fifth-year option is a lot of money. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. We'll go ahead and get to uh, one more question before we finish up this segment. Are, I'm butchering your name. I'm going to call you FC. I know it on Twitter. You're a great Twitter uh, Bengals fan, and I love your content. He says, this is a two-parter. Traditionally, left tackle was seen more as a finesse due to the rushers, and right tackle was more power. Is that still true in today's NFL? How will Jonah Williams translate to the right side as opposed to the left? In my Is my previous question still true? I don't think that's been true the last decade or so. And the real good example of that is the best offensive line in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their left tackle is a massive mauler and their right tackle is an awesome athletic pass protector. So they just went the opposite way and it's worked out really, really well. Um, yeah, I, I see them. I see your tackle as get wherever they're more comfortable on the field. I don't think you have to try to force body types into either spot. The Bengals typically have kind of been the, you know, well, actually look at them this year, Orlando Brown, big giant mauling type, and they're not going to force him to right tackle. They're fine with him at left tackle and they'll piece the other right tackle, whether that's Jonah, which would be more of a left tackle in the two thousands of, you know, finesse pass protecting type. I know he had, whatever you think of him otherwise, but that would be his mold of player or they go Collins and just go both massive maulers. I don't know, but yeah, I, I haven't seen that as, as important since they really changed a lot of scheme up in the NFL and been so pass heavy with the rule changes and whatnot. When, whenever they move to mostly shotgun stuff, the blind side thing kind of goes away because you've, you're, got the whole field in your vision rather than having to take five steps uh, drop facing one direction. Basically. I think the blind side stuff gets a little bit overrated now. And uh, with that, I don't think you need the mauling right tackle either. Uh, you should, I think most coaches probably want to be able to have a guy that can maul on either side and be able to run either direction. Not we need to put our best run defender on one side because that's where their run blockers are. And, we got our pass rushers wherever else, you know that I don't think they want to be tip things off as much. Yeah, when it comes to Jonah Williams on the right side, we don't we just don't know what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Nobody does, and and uh, any offensive line guru, Duke Manyweather, has even said it that that isn't an easy transition when you flip sides for for a tackle. That, that when we always kind of wanted to flip guys, hey, make this guy play this position, make him do this position. It sounds fun, it sounds great, but for the player, you don't set them up for success. We just don't know what it's going to look like for Jonah Williams. It is going eight, to be a wait and see pretty much. Eight years since he did it, right? I think mm-hmm. when he was like a freshman at Alabama. Maybe mean, nine years. I mean, it's probably pushing nine years. It's been a long time. And from what I understand, he's been a better – he was better at left tackle than right tackle at Alabama. So there is plenty of projection there. I don't think it should be an abject disaster is my only thought of – he's – done it before so i think the floor is you know not good mm-hmm. like it could be bad but i don't think it would look like oh my goodness this guy he can't play right tackle which is not to take too much of a shot what i assume the chiefs thought when they had Juwan taylor start taking steps at left tackle and they're like oh boy we gotta call donovan smith <laughs> i just want it. i just want everyone to stay healthy that's all i ask yep Stay healthy the whole entire season, Joe Burrow included. I want to see him cook with a legit offensive line for the first time in his NFL career. Oh, um, they were we'll, healthy last year until 
I mean, it was, and that's the thing. Bombers. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right before we get to our next segment, but people hammered that offensive line, and I thought it was okay towards most of the season. Uh, pretty much getting after the Thursday night football game when everybody was getting, you know, the reps together. I'm like, okay, this is going to work. I like this offensive line, and I'll never forget Alex Kappa going down in the coin flip game against the Ravens, and <sighs> that could have been. Never mind. Never mind. We'll move on. It was dominoes, though. I mean, it was literally Collins, what, two games, three weeks? Yeah. Because of the Bills thing. <clears throat> Kappa, and then the next week, Jonah. And now you're like, well, most teams aren't eight deep at offensive line, especially two at the same position group at tackle, and came back to bite them. They didn't even play well in the Kansas City Chiefs game, and they still had a shot. No, I'm never going to forget that. I can't they imagine. Played, they played bad. <laughs> the Kansas it, City it, Chiefs game. I, I thought, you know what? This is the Kansas City Chiefs revenge. They're going to just absolutely destroy the Cincinnati Bengals. And then they just came back after playing really sloppy. And if you would have had maybe even one of those offensive linemen, that could have been a difference. Maybe I'm being optimistic. Or even Tyler Boyd not getting hurt. But, you know, we're not going to. We're not going back. We're not going back. Every day I think about it, Ron Torbert, Torbert and his crew. But, um, you know, we'll move on to more of our Twitter questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.